0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Credit Suisse investors want its vice chair gone as the lender tries to get out from under a pile of scandals. And one of Britain's most successful tech companies may list on the NASDAQ after a mammoth deal fell through. Plus, efforts to find a solution to the UK's migrant crisis have frozen.
1: Nobody in this situation, certainly on the UK side, has any of the political imagination or daring to take the kinds of steps that would
0: actually be effective. We'll explain why London and Paris can't come up with any solutions. I'm Mark Filippino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Investors at Credit Suisse are impatient. They really want the scandal-ridden bank to clean up its act, and they want to start by pushing out its vice chair, Severin Schwan. Two top shareholders told the FT that they would vote to block any move to extend the tenure of the bank's longtime vice chair. Schwan is also CEO of the Swiss pharma group Roche, and investors aren't confident he can steer the bank and lead the drug maker at the same time. Shares in Credit Suisse have tumbled more than 60% since Schwan joined the board in 2014. We reported yesterday that Credit Suisse has become the first Swiss bank in the country's history to get hit with criminal charges for allegedly helping a Bulgarian mafia launder money. The bank releases its annual results on Thursday. The head of SoftBank, Masayoshi-san, spent the last year and a half trying to sell the British chip company Arm to NVIDIA. It would have been a record-breaking deal, but it collapsed late Monday. And now, the FT reports, SoftBank may take Arm public in the U.S. And that could be a huge disappointment to the U.K.
2: This is absolutely fascinating because it's all tangled up with nationalism and the politics around Brexit.
0: DFT's Richard Waters reminds me that SoftBank's original purchase of the British chip company Arm, right after the UK voted to leave the European Union, was seen as a huge vote of confidence in British industry. Selling it to the US company NVIDIA, well, it would have been hard to swallow.
2: So there'll be relief now that Arm isn't going to be bought by an American company, um, but it's going to have to stand on its own feet. And, you know, that presents all kinds of other problems.
0: One of which is where it will list. Again, you've got the US and the UK. Within Britain, there's been a real desire
2: for a while to get ARM listed on the London stock market. It would be a real symbol of, you know, British technology success. But as as, as we reported in the FT yesterday, SoftBank wants to list this company in New York because it knows that that's where it'll get a higher valuation. British investors have not shown themselves over the last year to be, you know, really open to the kind of, quite honestly, quite stretched valuations that tech stocks have, have achieved compared to the U.S. And SoftBank knows very clearly where it will get the best deal.
0: Richard Waters is the FT's West Coast editor. He covers all things tech. Britain's relations with France are at their lowest point in decades. And a big reason for that is the issue of migrants. The number of migrants seeking asylum in the UK has reached levels not seen since the 2015 Syrian refugee crisis. Many come from France, often in boats across the English Channel. It's a huge hot button issue and officials from the two countries haven't been able to see eye to eye.
3: At this point, we call it ping pong. The UK blames the French, the French uh, blame the British, In our
0: third and final report on the UK migrant crisis, we'll speak to a leading expert and find out what could be done. First, here's the FT's social policy correspondent, Robert Wright, on why British officials aren't coming up with solutions and just reaching for a harsh deterrent approach.
1: Nobody in this situation, certainly on the UK side, has any of the political imagination or daring to take the kinds of steps that would actually be effective. There's not that much downside in just refusing to budge. It looks like they're being cruel, which probably to some people looks like an effective strategy. And flexibility just doesn't have any real political upside for them. So I think they'll just dig in. You'll still have people coming across. They'll seek to put them into horrible accommodation, seek to be unpleasant to them. I would think that not terribly much is going to change. Um, And, of course, the price of that may well be for the horrible tragedies of the kind that we saw in November.
0: Right, and that's when we saw nearly all of the 30 people in an inflatable dinghy drown when their boat capsized in the English Channel. Robert, does it make any difference to point out how few migrants the UK takes in and gives asylum to compared to, say, France or you know other European countries? It should change the debate, and it doesn't. The fact is that the UK is,
1: by dint of geography, in a fairly privileged position. It doesn't have a land border that people are coming across, so it can afford to be isolated about this. So I don't think people do generally know that the French are taking far more people. It certainly doesn't seem to make a great deal of difference to the debate that that is happening. There is just a sense that the perfidious French are are letting people flow across and it's all the fault of the French. And um, the debate about this in the UK
0: is not terribly well rounded or, or well set up. Are you hearing of any viable solutions, you know, in an ideal world with politics aside, is there anything London could do? The thing that they could
1: do, I think most dispassionate observers think, is set up safe and legal routes for people to come to the UK. The UK government has said it will do that, but the issue is there are just far more people seeking to come to the UK And they're coming from a far wider range of places. And really, there isn't a proper safe and legal route for them to come here. Something else that the UK could do that probably would make a difference would be to strike a new returns agreement with the European Union. So it could be sending some of those people back. uh, But the UK is refusing to negotiate with the European Union it keeps saying it's going to strike bilateral deals with countries, the countries in the European Union say, sorry, no, you have to deal with the European Union on this. And and, and that's
0: one of the things that's reached a standstill about all this. Robert Wright is the FT's social policy correspondent. Now let's turn to Virgie Gardon. She's a leading migrant expert and research director at the National Center for Scientific Research in Paris. She says domestic politics in France is also hampering efforts to negotiate a solution.
3: One important factor is that France is in an election year. We have a presidential election in April and being tough on borders, showing that you uh, respect French sovereignty is important. And that cuts both ways. If the French uh, president, Emmanuel Macron, is too nice with the British, uh, his competitors will say that he's just a sheriff's deputy to the British. And at the same time, The dominant view in France among almost all candidates, except perhaps the Greens, is to be uh, tough on migration. They want to be tough on migration, but they also want to be tough on the British. They don't want to say, oh, fine, we'll just take every migrant that arrives in Dover back to France.
0: And people in France also complain that Britain encourages migrants to cross the channel with its less restrictive labor laws. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Uh, The French are saying in the UK, you can work without papers. There's a a sort of economic attraction um, of the UK because they don't have the same kind of strict control uh, of the labour force that exists in France, but also in other places such as Germany. And the UK also has entire sectors of its economy that welcomes foreign labour. So the French are also saying Don't blame us if people are going to the UK. They know there are jobs, and they know that it's easy to work without a work contract.
0: So what has France's strategy been?
3: So what they've tried to do now is to try to involve other member states of the European Union to try to say this is not just a French problem with the UK, especially after Brexit. We should try to have an EU agreement with the UK on how to deal with this situation, trying to have a more comprehensive diplomatic solution. But the problem is that the UK so far has really not done anything except politicise the issue domestically. They're not willing to negotiate so much with the French. The only thing they've offered the French is more money So basically giving a budget to the French to have more personnel on the ground, more police personnel, for instance. And that's it.
0: Are there any viable solutions for the governments?
3: Both researchers, but policymakers as well, know that there is a solution by just looking at the situation itself. Who are the people in Calais? Where do they come from? Why do they want to go to the UK? you will see that clearly people in Calais or going to this uh, area of France are people either with legitimate asylum claims. If the UK makes a move, it could welcome these people through um, laws that exist, asylum law and family reunion laws. And on the other hand, the French would say, and in the meantime, we're continuing to do whatever is possible to prevent uh, people to arrive irregular, you know, without papers. People are not going to stop going to Calais overnight. They have to have an alternative way of making it to the UK.
0: Virgie Gardin is a research director at the National Center for Scientific Research in Paris. Special thanks to the FT's and Agrasse for connecting us. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. By the way, if you want to hear part one and part two of our refugee series, we have links to those stories in the show notes. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.
1: Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. with Good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation...